While politicians debate whether there should be federal funding of embryonic stem cell research, they might be overlooking a key point. The fact that all of the momentum in stem cell research is not in cells derived from human embryos at all. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM Channel 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Randall Mills. He's the president and chief executive officer of Osiris Therapeutics in Baltimore, Maryland. Dr. Mills, who joined Osiris in July of 2004, was previously an executive officer of Regeneration Technologies, Inc. from 1998 until 2004, where he was also vice president of business development and in charge of research. Dr. Mills was a founding member of the management team of the University of Florida Tissue Bank. He has a bachelor's degree in microbiology and cell science from the University of Florida, where he also holds a Ph.D. in drug development. It's always good to have a Florida Gator on the program. Randall Mills, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much for having us. Well, I would think it's fascinating um, when you hear we are in an election year, and it's interesting that we actually have the three remaining candidates that all support embryonic stem cell research. But if you could give us a little background here, even though the Bush administration will not fund federal research dollars toward embryonic stem cell research, that really hasn't mattered in what's going on today, does it? Well, I think people often have the misperception that there is some sort of ban on stem cell research. Certainly, it's often portrayed that way. In fact, that's not the case. Federal money is used to support all kinds of stem cell research, including embryonic stem cell research. They've limited it to a certain number of cell lines, but there is absolutely money there for the development of these technologies. What I think is often, though, the misconception is that without embryonic stem cell research, major advances in medicine won't be made, and and actually nothing could be further from the truth. Adult stem cell technology has actually made some of the most significant progress in finding real cures to very large and significant medical problems, largely because the technology behind these adult cell lines is further advanced. And it actually doesn't really have anything to do with federal funding or any sort of perceived ban. It's simply that the science and the technology has been advanced further in the adult stem cell line than in the embryonic stem cell line. Well, and you do bring up an interesting point. Even I think what we've found through a lot of major drug developments that nothing really prevents the private sector from doing any sort of research in almost any arena. I suppose you would just have to have the wherewithal and the money to get it through clinical trials and such. And I believe in the, correct me if I'm wrong, the only product that we know that is even just entering FDA-approved trials with embryonic research is Geron Corp's stem cell product, and I think that's going to treat some form of cancer, but that is not going to be in a clinical trial, a U.S.-approved clinical trial, until later this year. Does that sound right? Well, Geron, I believe, is the most advanced of the embryonic stem cell companies out there, and to my understanding, that is correct. They are applying right now to the FDA to start their first round of human testing. Now, contrast that 
to adult stem cell therapies. Osiris Therapeutics actually treated its first patient under an FDA IND, which is the uh, approval we get to treat patients in clinical trials, in 1998. Uh, So we've actually been in the clinic now for 10 years with the therapy, and, and while embryonic stem cells are entering the beginning of that phase of clinical testing, we are actually at the end of that phase, and the products are either on the market or getting ready to become on the market to treat a wide range of diseases, including small, absolutely critical, life-threatening diseases like graft-versus-host disease, and larger, more widely known diseases such as Crohn's disease and type 1 diabetes. Well, and you bring up an interesting point. Mr. Mills and I met a few months ago in New York at a conference that focused on companies that were doing stem cell research, stem cell development, and so forth. And I remember we had a little bit of a laugh about the fact that there is a lot of the political debate that focuses on the whole idea of embryonic stem cell research and perhaps researchers fleeing to Europe, if you will, to do this and that. But really, I mean, does that even exist? I mean, are there companies in Europe that are farther ahead in developing stem cell products than we are in the United States? Absolutely not. Actually, I'm quite proud to say that actually Osiris is the leading stem cell company in the world. And therefore, by definition, it being a a United States company, the United States would have to at least claim some part of that lead. Now, to be clear, it's not that adult stem cells today can treat anything in all people. And it also shouldn't be confused that we have to divide ourselves into one camp or another, which often occurs. I think one of the most disturbing things that I've heard as the CEO of an adult stem cell company is rhetoric from uninformed people on the embryonic side, which think that somehow we're working against them. And in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. Supporters of embryonic stem cell research ought to be absolutely outspoken supporters of adult stem cell research because so much of the development work that needs to take place to bring any stem cell product to market is common between the two. And the fact that adult stem cells have gotten there first and have really paved the way of the regulatory and logistical and manufacturing hurdles to bring cell therapy and stem cell therapy products to market is really a benefit to everyone in the cell therapy industry, not just those in adult stem cells. Well, if you're just tuning in or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Randall Mills. He's the president and CEO of Osiris Therapeutics, which is developing products derived from stem cells. The company is not only in research and has some interesting things coming down the pipeline, but actually has stem cell products on the market. And we're talking today about how some of the political glare that often focuses on the embryonic stem cells and whether there should be federal funding is actually sort of muddying the issue a little bit. And there's real stem cell research going on. And we were just talking about how when companies like Osiris sort of pave the way with products derived from adult stem cells, that that will indeed help the embryonic companies down the road. And that is what you were saying, correct? Exactly. We have a product called Prochymal, and one of the things that I'm very proud of with Prochymal is we have a a compassionate use program where prior to the uh, FDA approval of the product, we can make it available on a limited basis to little children who have a life-threatening condition called graft-versus-host disease and who would otherwise die without the treatment. 
And I often, and as often as possible, will make it a point to go visit the children and their families in the hospital as they're receiving this treatment to answer any questions they might have and and to talk to them. And it's interesting when you talk to the parents of these children how focusing on fixing the problem is much more important to them than what type of cell is fixing the problem. And so I've never met a parent who didn't want us to help their child because it wasn't an embryonic cell. At the end of the day, it just comes down to what's the best science, what's the best technology to fix the particular problem. And if we focused on that, and if we focused really where we should be focusing on, which is the patients, and what's the best thing for the patients, and we leave the politics and the personal agendas out of it, I think that we probably have the best outcome for everyone. Well, and the interesting thing there is, is that I often, and someone who's written about the pharmaceutical industry for a long time now, you often find that, you know, the clinical trials that are done on any drug tend to be done on adults first. So when you think about the fact that the adult stem cell market is out front of the embryonic stem cell market, and some people want to equate that to some sort of political discussion, that really wouldn't be the case with history, would it? I mean, because generally drugs are first tested on adults anyway, because it's often you have difficulty getting children in the trials. It certainly is more uh, of an ethical and regulatory hurdle to treat children. I think one of the things that we've actually been able to overcome is the fact that we actually will treat in our clinical trials and in our compassionate use program, both children and adults. We've treated children as young as four months of age, so infants. Uh, And we've treated patients as old as 85 years old in our clinical trial programs for acute myocardial infarction or heart attack. And so we've been able to bridge that spectrum. And I'm not saying that the folks working on embryonic stem cells won't be able to do that at some time down the line, but I think it is important to understand that there is a very, very significant difference in timing between the two, uh, which may be as great as a decade or more. And well, to that end, I mean, relative to timing, let's just say, I mean, the way it looks now, if you have a President McCain or President Clinton or President Obama, I mean, even though Senator McCain is a Republican, all three support federal funding for embryonic stem cell research, at least they did when they were in the Senate, and they have said as much. So the whole idea that there will be these hurdles on federal funding for embryonic stem cell research could go away. Do you see perhaps more people going into it if this sort of hurdle goes away? Well, I think you might see some additional academic interest in it, but something that the general public generally doesn't fully comprehend that when a scientist makes a breakthrough in a laboratory with a stem cell in a petri dish or in a small animal model, uh, they seem to immediately think that translates over to some sort of available therapy now that they can go down to their local hospital and receive the treatment. At the end of the day, it it requires companies uh, that are willing to put up hundreds of millions, and I mean five, six, seven, eight hundred million dollars in development efforts in order to satisfy all of the FDA requirements for the development of a particular therapy from that stage where it's in the laboratory to where it's finally and ultimately available in the clinic. And that also takes time. That takes anywhere from, you know, from eight to 12 years of very diligent methodical research. And so while a lift on embryonic stem cell funding ban 
might spur on some academic research. It's not going to immediately translate into products uh, in the clinic. And with that said, there are companies like Geron, uh, which is an excellent company, doing, I think, some quite responsible and exciting research, who are doing that work in the absence of federal funding right now and probably would continue regardless. Well, I would like to thank Randall Mills, who's been our guest. We've been discussing the issue of embryonic stem cell research and some of the political fallout around that, which really has been a masking the whole idea that there's actually a lot of research going on in adult stem cells, and it's not some of the political ideas are really not getting in the way of what is really going on out there, which are some good products like those that are being developed by Mr. Mill's company, Osiris Therapeutics, and I would like to thank him today for being our guest. I'm Bruce Japson, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library in on-demand podcasts, and I would like to thank you today for listening.